Hello. Good to see you all. Good to be with you all again. Uh, we're going to spend some time once again looking at uh, Psalm 119. And uh, so if you want to go ahead and get in your Bibles, your devices to Psalm 119. Uh, and we're going to be looking today at verses 81 through 88. And I want to start to, uh, this study with uh, kind of this setup, this question, because I think this is kind of where we find uh, the writer uh, in this section this week. Is this ever going to end? Have you ever said that? It might be a pretty common statement at the moment, but, but I suspect that it w it's not the first time for any of us. Uh, I'm praying for several friends right now that are going through very serious illnesses, and I suspect that this is probably a, a pretty regular thought for them. Is this ever going to end? Uh, is there an end in sight? Will it end good? You know, uh, if that's a sentiment that you find very familiar at the moment for you personally, I think that as we look through Psalm 119, you're going to find out that the author is right there with you. He, he, he knows exactly what you're feeling, what we're feeling uh, in the middle of this, all the things that are going on right now, uh, not the least of which is. Uh, this thing that's happening around our world. And, and so I think this will be an interesting thing for us to think through along with him. And, I, and again, what I appreciate about the Word of God uh, that I share on many time, times is the honesty and the integrity. You know, if, if God was trying to paint a perfect picture that everything in life goes smooth and easy and we never run into hard times uh, when we follow him, that he sure wouldn't have done it by, by allowing uh, these kind of things to be put in his word, but that's not who he is as God. He does allow these, these honest expressions of a, a heart, of anxiety, of, tr of troubling times. And, and, and I think it's good for us because we can uh, see that uh, God has answers to those things, uh, but also just to know that uh, other individuals in time past have struggled with what we struggle through. So dig in uh, Psalm 119, starting with Verse 81, and the question, is this ever going to end? Uh, but along with a very honest and, and very human response in troubling times, it's certainly going to add in the midst of that, uh, that trusting God. So let's, let's check it out together. Psalm 119, starting with verse 81. Verse 81 says, My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. He starts off with the words, my soul faints. The Hebrew word that, it, that uh, is used here could have been translated, my, my soul, I'm languishing. I'm exhausted. Uh, I can't keep going. I, I'm, a, this is, I'm about to waste away to nothing. All those things. I'm finished. This God, I can't do this anymore. That's that's the way that could have been translated. That's what that Hebrew word is used. God, I keep waiting and waiting for you to put an end to this, to show me the way out, to, to deliver me, but it never seems to come, and I'm exhausted by it all. I'm waiting for you to save me from this, and I'm not sure how much longer I can hold out. I'm waiting for you to deliver me, which is what the meaning of salvation is. But but deliverance doesn't ever seem to come. Uh, and so you you understand those feelings. You you understand this honest expression of his heart. Some 
You've been in times like that where you just thought, is this ever going to end? Uh, God, why why aren't you coming through for me? Why aren't you doing something about this? And, and that's the expression that we hear him, this, him saying uh, in, in these opening honest words of this section of Psalm 119. As we walk through this, you're going to hear you're going to hear a very anxious back and forth. You're going to almost hear him talking to himself, saying, on the one hand, I trust God, but on the other hand, God, what's taking you so long to do something about this? I don't know how much longer I can keep looking up. Notice the, the second part of verse 81. He says, I, I put my hope in your word. There it is. See, he trusts God. He knows that the future is in God's hands. Uh, he's relaxed in that information. Well, I ask the question, is he? Is, is that what he's saying? I mean, uh, he, he seems to be mouthing the words, but if you look at verse 82, you start to say, well, wait a minute, he's not all that relaxed. A verse 82, my eyes fell looking for your promise. I say, "Will when will you comfort me? You can almost hear the end of verse 481, him throwing out the, that last phrase is kind of the Christian cliches that we often throw out. You know, it's just, it's what it's what Christians should say. And so he's saying it, but he's still struggling. I think kind of like uh, uh, the kind of things we say, but, uh, you know, all things work together. We know we're supposed to say that when it's hard, but, and so we'll repeat that phrase. But I, I, I think honestly, oftentimes we're, we're wondering, Lord, but is this going to work together? You know, God only does what's best for me. Uh, or sometimes we lose loved ones. We'll say, well, he's in a better place. And, and, and you just got to trust God. We, we throw those things out. And, and more often than not, we throw them out when others are going through hard times because we think they're the right thing to say. But when the reality is uh, we know in our hearts we're, we're, we're battling this. This is hard. We're struggling with trusting God and with not seeing what should be an end in sight. So, so then he gets honest again. He says, you know, my eyes fail looking for your promise. Actually, the, the word translated fail is the very same Hebrew word in verse 81 that is translated faint. He's saying, you know, my eyes are exhausted looking for a way out. The way out that you promised, God. You promised you'd get me out of this. I'm looking so hard for your rescue that, that I'm about to go blind. You promised to take care of me, to deliver me, but but I can't see that happening anymore. And he goes on, the end of verse 182, saying, I say, when will you comfort me? There's no certainty in that cry. Uh, in fact, it could have been translated this way. God, when will you regret allowing me to go through this? When will you repent of what you're allowing to happen in my life? That's that's what that word comfort could have been translated. He's, he's saying, wait a minute, God, when are you going to admit that I shouldn't have to hack, go through this? I This shouldn't be happening to me. But then you hear the back and forth because he reminds himself of what he knows of God from God's word. Verse 83 says, "I'm like though I'm like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your decrees. What on earth does that phrase mean? Though I'm like a wineskin in the smoke. Think about it. If a wineskin is being surrounded by smoke, what's happening? The heat of the fire is getting close. The heat's on. 
the temperature is rising, the pressure is is uh, getting greater and greater. So so part of what he's saying here is I'm feeling the heat of this. This is this is hard. It's it's I'm I'm feeling the pressure of my situation. But I think he's also alluding to something else that he knows because of the way he said this. Because what we know is that in ancient times, they would sometimes hurry the process of fermenting wine to try to get it mature, to try to get it to the right place where it, where it needed to be. They would, they would hurry the process that by hanging it over or, or near a fire in the smoke. So it's close enough to the fire that it's in the smoke, but it's not in the fire itself. So that the heat from the fire then would cause this, this uh, juice that had been put in the wineskins to mature, to ferment more quickly, more rapidly. So I believe that he's, he's making kind of a double statement here. On the one hand, this is hard. The heat is on. I'm feeling the pressure. But on the other hand, Sharing what he knows from God's word that that God will use God uses these situations as distressing as it is that he's reminding himself that he knows from God's word that God uses these times sometimes when the heat is on and the pressure is more intense to mature us to develop our character. In fact, later on in the New Testament, uh, James, uh, Jesus's brother. Would, would write something very similar as he writes in James chapter 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers. Now, I want you to know that word translated pure joy, that's not saying happy. He's not saying, hey, this is great. Be happy about this. He's talking about this inner joy, this, this sense of well-being that he says can be there even in the midst of difficult circumstances if we are trusting God. So he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials many kinds. How could I possibly consider that joy? What could actually cause me to give that peace inside? Well, he goes on and explains, because you know that the testing of your faith, the wineskins in the middle of the smoke, develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. He's saying, the author, the James is saying, and then I think the author of Psalms in, in that verse is saying, I know that God uses circumstances like this. If I'll allow it to, he uses circumstances like this to, to complete me, to mature me, to uh, build my character, to allow me to be even stronger, uh, not lacking anything, as James puts it. Hard times are painful, but uh, but. The author, this author is saying, but at the same time, they know God uses them. You know, we talked here uh, before about the circumstances that uh, David, if he wrote this passage, finds himself in, or whoever did write it. We're not sure about that. But, you know, hard times are painful enough when they revolve around sickness or financial struggles or, or viruses. But the pain gets multiplied when our when our hard times come at the hands of someone purposely trying to do us harm, which is, we're reminded once again, is the circumstances of the writer of this psalm. Look at eight, verses 84 and 85 in the beginning of 86. He says, how long must your servant wait? When will you punish my persecutors? The arrogant dig pitfalls for me. 
contrary to your law. Well, first of all, let me say you this. Uh, I got to tell you, you, you do know. Uh, one of the other things that James says is that we need to realize that every that we should never, when when we go through hard times, never never blame God, uh, never say that God is making God is doing this to me because God doesn't. He says God not only does what's good for us, He never tries to harm us. We do have an enemy who does though. When he bring he will bring us into circumstances if, if he thinks that they can can tear up our faith if they can turn us away from God. And God allows those things at times, too, when he knows that he'll allow Satan to do those things. We see that in Scripture when he knows, in fact, they can do the opposite. They can produce health and, and maturity in us. Uh, so we do have an enemy, but sometimes that enemy is more than just Satan who is out to get us. Sometimes we have physical enemies, and, and this individual is dealing with that. He has, he has individuals who are out to get them. They are trying to do harm to them very clear that the them in this conversation are purposely trying to cause him harm. And and note there, it's not just accidental hurting of feelings. It's not just a misstatement of on the part of someone that has caused some pain. It's not a careless word or a careless deed. No, he says they are digging pits. In other words, they're taking the time. They're putting in great effort to try to cause harm, to cause, try to cause destruction. With what Satan does as well. If you if you've ever looked at Ephesians chapter six, where he talks about the armor of God, he talks about the fact that Satan actually strategizes to to bring us harm, to hurt our relationship with God. That that he does that purposefully. But that in this situation, it's not only Satan; it's physical enemies that, as we we might think, uh, some of us think actually the enemies that are chasing David all around, trying to kill him. And it's purposeful. It's premeditated. And worst of all, they're succeeding. They could care less what God thinks about what they're doing, what God has said about what they're doing. They're, they are trying to bring him harm. And and they're doing this premeditated. They're doing it on purpose. And, and man, that's hard to deal with. Look at verse 86. All your commands are trustworthy. Help me. For men persecute me without cause. He says, I, I care what God's word says. They don't. And the truth be told, much, much of what evil people do when they are trying to cause harm end up being in the realm of things that we can almost do nothing about. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to counter and to control gossip or, or rumors or slander? Once, once they get out there, once those rumors get out there, it's almost impossible to shut them down. And they usually get embellished over time as well. And if you're on the receiving end of the falsehood, it, it's a very helpless feeling, a hopeless feeling sometimes. And that's what he's saying. I, I feel helpless, God, with this these circumstances. I feel helpless with what I'm up against. He, he cries out to God, help me, because that's all he can do. In fact, verse 87, they almost wiped me from the earth. They almost destroyed me. They've almost put an end to me. In fact, it's the same word that we saw earlier in, in verse 81 and 82, tr where the word translated faint or fail. They, they've almost succeeded in wiping me from the face of the earth, which is their goal. I'm exhausted by what I'm up against. I don't know how much longer I can take it. You may be feeling some of those feelings right now. I don't know how much longer I can take this virus, the, 
the isolation, the not being able to be around and hold my loved ones, the canceling of activities, of graduations, of loss of jobs, financial hardships. I don't know how long, much longer I can can live up, uh, handle this illness, the the fear that is surrounding me. I don't know what to do. I'm at an end, except for this. Notice where he ends. God, I have not forsaken your precepts. Preserve my life according to your love, and I will obey the statutes of your mouth. God, I'm at the end of myself. This is bigger than me. I'm exhausted. This much I still know, even in the midst of these very honest expressions of my heart, I will not use this time as a reason to rationalize not obeying you or trusting you or turning away from you. I'm confident, even as tough as this, as this is, in your love for me. I will obey you and I will trust you to take care of the rest as I know your heart for me. And that's where he ends up. That's what I love so much about the Psalms, and especially the Psalms of David. He's so honest in his expression of what he's going through in his heart. He always seems to land there as he as he talks honestly through his fears, his frustration, his exhaustion, uh, sometimes his feelings of hopelessness. He comes back. Excuse me. He comes back to God. I trust you, and and I love the fact that in this. As he ends this section, he, he wraps it up in God's love. He says, I trust your heart for me, God. I know you love me. I know you'll take care of me. And, and, and folks, I hope that's where you are today. You might, you can be very honest in your expressions of your anxiety, your frustration, even your exhaustion in, in what you're personally walking through because of the times and the things you're going through, or, or maybe things that are a part of your own life that are even bigger than in what is generally going on in the world around us. But I, but I hope you can land here. God, I know you love me. As difficult as this is, I know you love me. And I know you'll take care of me. And I'm going to trust you. Father, thanks. Uh, thanks for continuing to allow us to experience through the words, through the honest expressions of the heart of the writer of this Psalms. Uh, just... The reality that boy, our life, it, we're, it's up and down sometimes. We don't have to pretend that hard times aren't hard, because they are. We can very be very honest in our expressions to you of our, of our heart and where we are and what we're struggling with. And, and yet, Lord, thank you that every time, every time he comes back to this, he lands on this. God, I trust you. I trust your word. I trust your heart for me. I trust your love. And, and Lord, we can too. And I pray that we do. I pray that in the middle of this, we find comfort. We find a a, a joy. Not a happy-go-lucky feeling like nothing's a matter. We know that's not the case. But there's this inner peace, this inner joy. Of God. I know that regardless of what I see going on around me, my sovereign, loving God, has got me covered, and I trust you. Folks, thank you for this time with you. Thank you for walking through me, with me through these passages. I, I, I really enjoy thinking them through together with you. I pray now for you to sense God's blessing in your life, his heart for you, his love for you. Until we meet again.